It's gonna yeah. be a while. I remember and when you you introduced me in 2013. I remember like people couldn't wait to wake up and check the price because it was so volatile. And now it's just like you know when we wake up tomorrow, it's gonna be at 245 to 255. It's a good feeling though. It's I used to wake up and like. You know, like, if you wake up at 4 a.m. and you have to take a piss, I would, like, check the price of Bitcoin. Like, I wonder what happened in the last four hours. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what's going on in China. Oh, yeah. $15. It's a good day. By the end of the day, drop $55. It's a weird day now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. I missed that a little bit, that, that feeling. Yeah. I got to tell you, I... You ain't ready. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 22nd episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. And I'm host number three, Corey. So let's kick off the show with something that we've neglected to talk about in the last few episodes. The price. We just hit $250, and uh, my main man, D, thinks big things are going to happen soon. Uh, I've read that analysis think June 2016 is the magic time frame, but either way, this could uh, set up a move to test big resistance in the 255-260 range. Uh, so far, this has been like a self-fulfilling prophecy of bullishness. So, you know, what do you guys think? Are you guys excited? I am very excited about it. I think that all the long-term charts point towards good things, great things. I've been studying the charts up on my little swing trade adventures. Uh made point oh two Bitcoin so far, so at least I'm positive. And uh when you look at all the long term charts, like there's it's gonna be good news, man. It just looks like so much good news. Like everything is everything is really bullish. Like you said, it's a self fulfilling prophecy thing. And I think it's all going to lead up to the halvening. Havening. How, is it halvening or havening? Havening. Havening. I'd say havening. I would say have because halves. Yeah. The havening, which is coming up, uh, which is going to be directed by M. Night Shyamalan, correct, Marcello? Yeah. Where nature is the killer. <laughs> <laughs> People just look at the Bitcoin price and have heart attacks, and that's the plot. Run away. They run away from the Bitcoin price. Yeah. Oh, two you just follow them around with an iPad with the with the price of Bitcoin. Just chase them around. <laughs> what would be the twist of the happening? Like, there's usually a twist. I just I photoshopped the price and it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like it. Um, I don't know. I think the price is going to go up. I think this is the start of good things. Um, well, ever since that that drop. That like, well, how many percentages drop down from like two seventy five to two thirty, or forget what it dropped down to, but it's been just on the just a slow and steady increase. Slow and steady, indeed. 
And if it yeah. continues that way, then good. I mean, that's just, that's kind of, there's going to be something that happens and it's going to move one way or the other, uh, I think, in the positive direction based on a lot of things that are that are brewing in the Bitcoin ether sphere. Wait, how can it move one way or the other in the positive direction? You mean it's, it's going to move one way or the other. I think it'll move up. It'll the, the price will go up, but wow. something's going to happen, and it and that will make the price move because that's what always happens. What do you think is going to happen? It's I get speculative know. in this bitch. I mean, all this all this talk with you know big name banks taking over and not taking over, but getting into the scene. Uh, they're throwing a lot of money at Bitcoin. They're deciding whether or not they want to use Bitcoin or use their own blockchain. A lot of, a lot of these decisions are going to be happening within the next year. And there's I mean, a lot of really big things, not just one big thing is going to happen in the next year. And they'll all have some type of an effect on how people invest in Bitcoin as well as use Bitcoin on a regular. Like even like someone like the the big trans- transaction network taking uh, allowing Bitcoin payments, which is essentially allowing people to use Bitcoin in like 50,000 locations worldwide is a big thing for Bitcoin's transaction volume. And so all of these things are going to come to a head or continue to, you know, make Bitcoin better, which yeah. will affect the price. I think Bitcoin has a long way to go though. Super yeah. duper long. It's going to yeah. be a while. I remember yeah. when you you introduced me in 2013 and remember like people couldn't wait to wake up and check the price because it was so volatile and now it's just like you know when we wake up tomorrow it's going to be at 245 to 255. It's a good feeling though. It's I used to wake up and like you know like if you wake up at 4 a.m. and you have to take a piss I would like check the price of Bitcoin like I wonder what happened in the last four hours. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what's going on in China. Oh, yeah. $15. It's a good day. By the end of the day, drop $55. It's a weird day now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. I missed that a little bit, that, that feeling. Yeah. I got to tell you, I I do too. Like it's It was cool waking up and it's like, oh my God, I went up $35 overnight. What am I going to name my boat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... I'm like, ah, oh, I should have bought I should have bought two hours earlier or you know, like your decisions really came down to the hour yeah. based on, you know, what little profit you made. But I that was cool. At the end of the day, you know, that old adage is true is there's no such thing as fast money, you know. Like people yeah, people get lucky, like with the lotto and stuff like that. But I mean when it comes to something that's sound and something that's gonna appreciate uh, year over year and just grow that's not going to happen fast I would say well you know the people the, that bought in at like six dollars they're, they're doing pretty good still it didn't happen overnight though man they bought in at six dollars uh, they've been through a roller coaster uh, four or five years ago yeah. four I mean, or five go ahead Corey uh, I would say all if not the very fast, very large majority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that noise? I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I couldn't yeah. help it. Yeah. <laughs> Call me out on my noises, man. All right. My bad. My bad. I'd say all, if not the very, very, very vast majority of wealth that has been built in the world has not been done quickly. Yes. Very true. And people get rich. And they lose it because they don't know how to 
act like a rich person, like a wealthy what person. The, what about the guy who had all the question marks and exclamation points all over his green suit? <clears throat> he will. He appears in your spam folder now. Oh, really? Uh, you know, J.J. Wentworth appears in my spam folder now, and he was blowing up my TV a couple years ago. I haven't looked but, at my spam but folder. Are ever. they rich? Are they not rich? Is, that, is, that, is, is the litmus test for not being rich anymore going to the spam folder? Um, so, I mean, if you're buying primetime air television and then now you're just like, hey, whatever happened to that guy? And he's in your spam folder. It's a wrap. Uh, it's a wrap. Mm. I want to I mean, know. He could be the Riddler for Halloween coming up, but that's just about it. I'm going to throw all those suits in the trash. <laughs> I threw some... I made I made a post on Reddit about how I'm frustrated with all the banking and the blockchain talk. And everyone knows banks want to build their own blockchain because banks are going to bank. But at the end of the day, Bitcoin, to me, originally offered a new type of culture. Like a new way to think about money. And a new way to think about how you transact with people. And, and what it means to transact with a person. And the, the thing about that culture that's really cool is that, you know, at the end of the day, it can provide for more of a human experience. If you're in person with somebody spending Bitcoin, you know, you got to take the time to get to know the person before you just send them some bits. Well, but, it's it's both sides of the story. I mean, it's, you, you can be more personal because you have to interact with vendors or it could be completely not personal because it's pseudonymous. It's, it, it just, it just generalizes the idea of finance and transacting value. So it, by generalizing the idea of doing something like that, you automatically allow for more things to happen with, mm-hmm. with, you know, the good and the bad. And it's, it's like what, uh, Andreas Sensenopoulos talked about with Twitter the Twitter being a more generalization of sharing information. You get the LMAOs and the people saying stupid shit, but you also get people in certain crises around the world giving you live feeds of what's going on, which yeah. that couldn't have happened in the, in, in the past. Yeah, so like you're Nassau. Gonna get it. Yeah. Go Corey, what'd you say? Oh, that's just essentially what I was, that's, that's about it. Wait, Cello, you said something too. I think we all tried to talk at the exact same time. I was just backing up his point by saying uh, uh, that's what NASA did with the the moon landing. Yeah, so are, you're always going to get the the the, the <clears throat> mundane crap that no one wants to hear when you generalize a technology. Because if it if you by allowing more things to happen, stupid people are going to use it and get seen, send out stupid messages. But also, the people with real things to say and real things to do are also going to use it and allow for better things to progress. Yeah, is it that kind of goes into the argument? Um, that argument that Bitcoin's only for criminals and stuff. Yeah, yeah, criminals are going to use it. Obviously, it's better money. But who's also going to use it are people that know how to use money very well and create financial services that just blow people away. But that's the thing that Bitcoin as a community isn't doing a good job of sticking together to create a new culture. Like when there's a disruption, there's a new culture. Like think about it. You can go all the way back to something as simple as the microwave. It developed a culture of like quick dinners. Like now, yeah, but you sudden, can't, you can't force a culture change. You have to, it's, it's emergent from whatever happens. 
Yes, that is true, but the people that are partaking in that culture usually kind of proliferate it. Yeah, but it's still really early, and we haven't allowed you know the the seedlings of, the, of that culture to grow. It's it's there. It's just going to take a lot of time for it to grow because more people need to latch on. To the, when you do something good, people are going to flock to it, and it grows. When you do something bad, people will shy away from it, and it won't. And so now that we've planted the right types of seeds, let's we have to hope that those seeds grow into a flourishing Bitcoin economy. A mighty oak tree. Yeah. I was right there with what you were saying. Yeah, you were in it. Acorn from mighty oaks grow from tiny acorns. Do uh, oaks grow from acorns? Yep. Yeah. Google it. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know <laughs> I don't, my trees. I actually have no idea. <laughs> Aaron is looking at me and nodding her head, saying yes. Do trees get pregnant? No. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think uh, I was kind of a scientist? That's a tough one. That tree is that tree looks knocked up. <laughs> uh, Alright, let's switch gears a little bit. Um I got a I got a funky email today and uh read some news and I'm I'm gonna try and combine the stories and see what you guys think. Um I don't know if you guys heard of it like Bit Reserve, but yeah. uh yeah, just over a year ago. They launched BitReserve. If you're not familiar, it's a site that allows customers to um, convert Bitcoin into other currencies. Well, today they um, the company looks very different because they relaunched um, with a broader array of deposit options with a new name. So they changed their name to Uphold. And coincidentally, today I got an email from Coinbase saying that they're very happy to let me know that I have a new USD wallet and it's been enabled for me. So. How do you guys feel about these Bitcoin-centric companies' new options that go beyond Bitcoin? Do you think this is like a lack of faith, or is it just a simple expansion that just makes sense? What do you guys think? Corey, you want to elbow drop this one, or you want me to go in on it? How you want to I'll, do this? I'll go in on it, and then I'll tag go you in. How about that? Tag so me in. this is exactly what we've the types of things that we've been wanting. It's creating new and interesting on-ramps that allow people to get into Bitcoin while seamlessly doing the things that they're comfortable with at the same time. It's, it's, and, and nothing other than that. I mean, by generalizing how you transact value, you need to tie in to the old ways of transacting value via the U.S. dollars and things like that and allow people who are unsure about the technology to get in and be comfortable with it. And that's, that's what all these companies are doing. D, tagged in. All right, I'm Off coming in. Oh, yeah, coming in with the elbow smash. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what Corey said. These are on-ramps. These are getting people who are kind of pansy-ish and a little bit weak in the knees able to stand their own, too, and get their feet wet when it comes to Bitcoin. Okay, because what's also going to happen is they're going to have that USD wallet, but there's always going to be that little Bitcoin option. It's going to be there, and they can click on it if they want to. And there's probably going to be some sort of question mark that they can tap with their finger and it'll pop up and say, Bitcoin is a digital currency and it's awesome. You want to try it? Huh? Hmm? You more, than likely, more than likely what's going to happen is that the, the payment methods for using Bitcoin, 
you know, the, scanning a, a QR code and doing all these different things with your phone that you can transact Bitcoin is going to allow people to use their U.S. dollars in ways they didn't know because the service is doing all of the technological exchanging in the background and just allowing people to use Bitcoin without knowing that they're using Bitcoin, if that makes sense. So they, they sign up for a service that's, you know, unified like this. And then the service allows them to pay for things that accept Bitcoin with their U.S. dollars as opposed to the opposite of what you think, which is pay for something in U.S. dollars with their Bitcoin. They can just have U.S. dollars in an account and then that, that allows them to use all of the services that accept that maybe only accept Bitcoin or it's easier to pay for with Bitcoin. Yep. It's, it's, I think it's the Trojan horse. And Coinbase yeah. and, and, and Circle and the likes, I think these are going to be the new, I'm going to put quotations on this that no one can see, banking uh, industries of the future. I mean, they have the money license. They can do it if they want to. They can hold our money. So they are essentially banks. And I know the big, the greater Bitcoin community doesn't like that, uh, per se. <clears throat> um, but that model is the shift it's the transition to go from okay this this bank holds all of my wealth to this establishment can hold all of my wealth if i want them but i have a private key and they can only do things with my money if i say so to people like oh i can totally handle this on my own and and i think that's going to be a long transition it's and, the start of, of creating this education about personal wealth and understanding how to deal with securing your own money, yeah. digital assets, because things are moving to a digital, a digital space. Everything that we're going to hold valuable will be some type of digital asset that's secure crypto, cryptographically. And yep. this is the start of people really learning on how to secure themselves in this age. People need to learn, man. I literally, I open the news every day. I go to CNN Tech News and CNN Money, and almost four times a week, I see this giant company got hacked and lost all your shit. <laughs> Sucks for you. And then, like three days later, it's like, guess what? You know that other company you trust with all your shit? They lost it. So, I mean, it happens so much. I would love it if the news was like that. Oh man, that's <laughs> laughing at people. <laughs> you know that shit you like. It's gone. Yeah. It's Next gone. story. You know how you trusted Lowe's with all of your credit card information? They lost that shit. It sounds gone. like a Rick and Morty channel, where it's a channel where people lose shit <laughs> and they make fun of you. Uh, remember all those times you swiped your card at Walmart? bunch of criminals just stole your shit (laughs) anyways um are we running should we bring in the interview yeah um so brock pierce was one of those guests who i i didn't think we were gonna nab but he was nice enough to devote some time to speak with us about the current landscape of bitcoin and uh got what's up i said we got him hook line and sinker yeah we we uh we nabbed him Nibbity nabbed. If you're unfamiliar with our guest, he is the big boss of the board of directors <laughs> at the Bitcoin Foundation. Super nice guy. Super informative interview. And if you guys have nothing to add to my amazing introduction, we can get into it. 
And away we go. There we go. Here it is. So, Corey, you want to go ahead and get us started? I'm starting. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, so, thanks for joining us on the Bitcoin podcast. Uh, Going to ask you a few questions. Uh, in our opinion, or at least in my opinion, Bitcoin is probably one of the most interesting interdisciplinary topics of interest since the internet. Um, what got you started into Bitcoin, and what made, what made you really stick with it, as opposed to some other thing that's you know you've heard about but didn't really care to dive into? Well, I mean, for me, I've, uh, I've been playing with uh, digital currency, at least as it related to games, since the, um, the late 90s, and I've built a, a number, number of businesses in that space. Have you ever played things like EverQuest or World of Warcraft or played in persistent worlds like Second Life? Um, I recognized early on that, um, that just because an asset was intangible didn't make it any less valuable, and so I made a market for sort of the the digital assets that existed in those worlds. And uh, as a result of that, anything kind of going on in the digital currency space ended up on my radar. And, uh, you know, Bitcoin was there from the beginning. Uh, I didn't fully appreciate at the time kind of how revolutionary or uh, uh, disruptive the technology was, but uh, was instantly intrigued and, you know, took the opinion of this looks cool, this looks interesting. And uh, uh, I don't know if this or something like it is the future. I just don't know if the future is now or 25 years from now. And so I played around and followed it closely for the first couple of years and eventually said, it looks like momentum is, uh, is picking up here. Critical mass is forming and uh, I better stop everything I'm doing and shove all in. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Put the chips on the table. I like that. <laughs> well, at some point you got, at some point you got to make a bet. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. You it's, called, it's, called, it's called, it's called voting with your feet. <laughs> <laughs> just put your voice out there and make it happen um so it's interesting you mentioned like like video game money and and you being in that kind of space of, of digital currency it, is it possible or do you see like a future where bitcoin could be involved in one of those i don't know massive uh online role-playing games as the currency or maybe like a token for a currency it could i mean the, the worlds are a little bit different the main distinction being that the, the currencies that exist in those types of environments, think of like frequent flyer points or anything else, those all reside in what you call a closed loop system. You know, Bitcoin is the first successful sort of open loop currency, other than, you know, the other sovereign sort of issued currencies or commodities. Um, and so if you're running a gaming environment like that, there's, there's an aspect of running that business where you want to be able to manipulate the currency. You don't want a, a, a in the real world, making money, um, is not the easiest thing. And if, you know, you said, hey, I want to sell you a video game to play the game of life and I'm going to make it really hard, uh, people wouldn't sign up. So gaming companies are often saying, I want it to be an abundant uh, sort of currency, an abundant economy. And in part, that means hyperinflation um, and an economy where you want to have the levers to be able to manipulate it to make the game more fun. So I do think there is potential there. I'm still waiting to see an early example of that working. But, um, you know, obviously... Uh, in my case, I've moved beyond playing with the you know, sort of digital currencies of, you know, sort of digital countries and small sort of virtual environments to, to trying to play with, you know, an open loop currency that can transform the world we live in. It's definitely a step up in the game. So, yeah, yeah well, that's what you got to do in life. You got to step up the game as you go, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. So uh, if, if we're switching gears a little bit, 
uh, Mr. Pierce, if you can if you can add a little fuel to the fire that is the block size debate, do you feel that uh, Bitcoin only has one binary option, uh, uh, like payment system, quote unquote, small blocks or digital cash, quote unquote, big blocks? Or do you feel that it can be both and the key is finding an appropriate block size? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm supportive of the debate. And I guess my biggest concern is I'm, I'm glad to see that the debate is going on. One of my larger concerns is that the idea that Bitcoin's core code base becomes sort of solidified to the point where we can't make changes because uh, that, I think, takes away the nimbleness and we're still early in the develop of, development of this technology and its abilities. And I would hate to see an environment where the code base can't change. Uh, so I'm supportive of the idea of these things happening. Um, I'm going to defer to much smarter people than myself, specifically the core developers and the cryptographers that are working on this and understanding the feasibility of the technology. Uh, but what I encourage is, you know, discussion. And it's, always, it's not always going to be friendly discussion, as we've, we've currently witnessed. But, you know, that's part of the process of coming to consensus in a distributed system. So, you know, I'm here to the best of my abilities to facilitate those conversations so that we can come to the best sort of solution possible. And I think we will find that at some point in the hopefully the not-too-distant future. And then we'll look back on this and say, hey, this is a perfect example of a distributed system working. You know, this is, you know, everyone is publicly seeing how the sausage is made. And it's not always a pretty process, but I think we'll come out the other side, uh, uh, you know, finding the right solution for the time being. <laughs> that was an excellent metaphor. Everybody sees how the sausage is made. I don't know they... When I saw how sausage was made, I didn't like it so much afterwards. It was kind of. By the way, and 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 that's that's the the situation we're in right now as an industry. I mean, the public is watching, not specifically us that are already sold on the technology, but it's the people that are externally, you know, watching what we're doing. And to a lot of people, I think right now it looks like distributed systems don't work. But again, that's part of the process. And yes, everyone's witnessing how this gets done, and it's not always going to be. You know, it's not going to be easy, but I think we're going to come out the other side and it will be a testament to how distributed systems work and building consensus. Unfortunately, everyone gets to watch how it happens. I would, but would, in the long run, I think it's a good thing. Would you consider the, the idea that a mechanism that works even when people vehemently disagree is a positive aspect about that mechanism? Like if we have something that's yeah, that, in that's, place. That, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly the point I'm making. I go, there's going to be dispute. There's going to be disagreement. But to build a distributed system where you don't have any governing body or any central authority, it's going to be a little messy. You know, yeah. you're going to break some eggs along the way. Um, but I think as we watch the industry go through these cycles, not just now, but again in the future, um, this, I'm sure this is not going to be the last time this sort of debate ensues, but this is how consensus gets formed and how a distributed system like Bitcoin uh, can flourish. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly the point. I agree with you. Definitely. Definitely. So, so going to your work with the Bitcoin foundation, um, it seems like it could be, you know, a really huge resource for an extremely diverse, diverse set of professions. Um, so, so what's the mission statement of the foundation and, and what's your part in executing that statement? Well, I mean, like a lot of the industry right now, I mean, Bitcoin is in a, a bit of a bear market. You know, the price is obviously way down and, you know, we're going through that segment of the industry's, you know, sort of cycle. The foundation as a, you know, non-for-profit sort of industry association um, is weathering that first because it's a not-for-profit. You know, as people start to tighten their belts and, you know, in difficult times, you know, obviously money being available to 
philanthropic org such as this is going to, you know, be the first to go. And, you know, the foundation has clearly had a, a number of missteps, just like we have as an industry. But there's a number of us, uh, you know, that continue to try and say, hey, there's a role for this entity to try and do something beneficial. In terms of the uh, the current sort of role, I mean, we've, we've taken ourselves out of the sort of political debate. And I think that's the right thing for us to do because we represent a very diverse you know, set of constituents from the thousands of industry, you know, individual members to the, you know, industry members in terms of the companies that support us. Not everyone is going to agree on things and to take a political position is impossible to, to support your, you know, sort of member base. Uh, so I'm glad that there's great organizations like Coin Center and, um, uh, you know, everything that Perry and Boring and others are doing. I think that's a great thing and I don't think that's the right role for us to be playing. Uh, we continue to support, you know, sort of the technological development. Gavin and others are now uh, being, you know, um, paid by organizations like MT, M- MIT sort of Media Lab. But, uh, you know, and then you have also, you know, organizations like BitPay used to fund Jeff Garzek. And as an industry, we need to be financing and supporting all the development we possibly can. And the foundation continues to support those activities in the ways that we can. But I think the, the main role is, you know, just that that we were talking about, facilitating conversation to uh, aggregate the opinions of our membership base, which is you know, a lot of what I'd say is the core foundation of Bitcoin. Uh, you know, a lot of the people that were into this temporarily because it looked like a quick, you know, easy buck, those mm-hmm. people are gone. And what we're left with as an industry right now are you know, the people that truly get it and truly understand the sort of opportunity that sits in front of us. Um, and so I think our goal as much as anything is to facilitate bringing people together to encourage the conversation that will lead to consensus around the types of issues that we're talking about and anything else that needs to be discussed. You know, we're here to support our membership base in the ways that we can. And I think, you know, facilitating conversation and the dissemination of the information that, you know, results as, uh, you know, that occurs as a result of those conversations is, you know, really our primary job today. But, you know, like everything else, uh, the organization will evolve based upon, you know, what it's capable of. That's interesting. I mean, I, I, some would say that the, there are two types of people, or not, I wouldn't want to make a dichotomy here, but you have your, your people creating applications, and then you have your massive amount of people who are going to use these applications. Would you think that um, major adoption is only going to occur when these massive people are using Bitcoin but not knowing about it, and that what you're really catering to is the people creating the applications? Well, yeah, I think of the near term, you know, we, the industry has already largely, you know, kind of aggregated all of what I would say are the, the likely, you know, sort of earliest adopters of the technology, you know, the libertarians, the anarchists, the, um, you know, the, the, the earliest adopters of Bitcoin. We've already kind of gotten that entire user base. And the big challenge we have as an industry right now is how do we get that next wave or tier of, of people to participate and it's not easy because, you know, convincing, you know, helping people understand what Bitcoin is and why they should care, you know, when they're going about their daily lives, certainly in the developed world, like the U.S. is not an easy thing to do, especially mm-hmm. in light of kind of the bad image and press that we've had as a result of things that have happened. But that's no different than the early Internet. I mean, people, you know, there are a lot of, look at what people said about the Internet in the early 90s. Uh, yeah. it, it had probably just as tarnished a reputation as Bitcoin has today. But uh, how do you get people to understand the technology and how do you get them using it? And I think the easiest way to do that is to give them the benefits of Bitcoin without even telling them that they're using it. And in doing so, you're burying it in the plumbing. I think companies like Abra, A-B-R-A, that's doing remittance, 
that's a mm-hmm. Bitcoin-based company. Everything they've built is on the top of Bitcoin and playing to what is Bitcoin's greatest strength, which is currently cross-border sort of transactions, the ability to move money across borders faster, you know, and cheaper. Um, and I think that's the thing uh, in the near term that's going to, uh, to deliver on that promise and get another 10 million or 100 million people using the technology, but in this particular case, not even realizing uh, that they're using it. Uh, so I think over the course of the next year or two, I think that's where most of our growth will come from. Clearly the other areas in the developing world, places like Africa, Southeast Asia, Latin America, where they don't have bank accounts and credit cards or debit cards. And they don't have rule of law to protect them. And they don't have one of the 200 currencies in the world that everyone wants more of. You know, it's the people in Venezuela, Argentina. I love companies like Bitpesa in Kenya. Look at places like Southeast Asia and the great things that are happening in the Philippines. I think those are in the near term, the two areas where we're going to see the greatest growth. Oh. Interesting. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, that's a, that's a very enlightening view on how adoption could take place. I think it's definitely, I think you're right that adoption is going to take place, you know, in a, definitely not in America first or the UK maybe even, but someplace that kind of needs it more as a currency. But I do think that that technology underlying it is what seems to be getting the spotlight and which is good because I think if more people work on it, then definitely going to get a more robust tech. So, Joe, you have any questions? You want to add to? You want to add some? Are you good? I do, uh, Mr. Pierce. I have a a very brain twisting and mind bending question <laughs> that I think that our audience is begging to have answered, and that is, what is it like to be in a movie with Sinbad? <laughs> it was a ton of fun. I mean, Sinbad is, uh, yeah, he's an an, an extraordinary guy and, and and a pretty incredible comedian in a way that I don't think many people recognize I me. Mean, me personally, most of my favorite communities are very vulgar because uh, it's, I think, a lot easier to entertain people when you're talking about the things that play to our more primal sort of instincts. But um, uh, Sinbad is one of those clean, sort of wholesome sort of comedians, both in real life and in, in, in what he does. And to be funny to the degree that he is and still maintain that sort of purity is, uh, is a rare thing. And it was a pleasure to work with him. We had a ton of fun making the movie, playing laser tag, and all the other crazy stuff we got into. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge fan of his, and we, uh, we continue to stay in touch. We end up kind of on these Twitter back and forth occasionally with people you know, every few months. That's great. Nice. So, yeah. Our very last question, um, that, the most pressing that, question. That's cool. And it's actually true that it, it, it's actually the work clean. What? Do we have, I think the wires crossed a little bit. You there? Yeah, I'm here. I didn't. I didn't catch that question. If there was one. Yeah, Marcello, repeat that. Hello, Marcello. Uh-oh. Can you hear us? Yeah, All I'm right. here. All right, repeat Uh-oh. that last thing you said. All right, so uh, we're going to put you in the hot seat for the very last question, um, Mr. Pierce. In ten words or less, could you describe Bitcoin? Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question, but uh, uh, I mean, the way that I, I, I describe it in as few words as possible, normally the analogy I gave you about, because you know, normally most people in the developed world don't understand why this is important because they can kind of get through life as they currently do. Uh, and so I like giving that sort of, you know, developing world sort of analogy and why it's important. But uh, in, in short strokes, you know, I like to explain what we're doing is we're democratizing the global financial system 
in a way where every human being on the planet is going to have equal access. And if nothing else, that hopefully sparks the person that I'm talking to sort of intrigues their minds because uh, most of us want to you know, leave the world better than we found it. And I think what we're doing has the ability to have a bigger impact on the world around us than more or less anything else we could be doing. Very nice. I do believe you broke the tin word boundary uh, tenfold. <laughs> actually, you well, but if, 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 if you wanted to take out just those exact words, I think I'm pretty close. Let's let's go through them. Uh, we're <laughs> democratizing the global financial system in a way where everyone has equal access. I think I went over by one. That's All close. Right, good deal. Close enough. Good for deal. Us. Paraphrase. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Um, it's been very enlightening, and uh, we've got very good viewpoints here on Bitcoin and, and where you think we're headed and what you think we're going through, this this flux it seems like that the media is just attacking and going at. Um, but yeah, all in all, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. Well, guys, thank you for having me and uh, you know, happy to, to chat with you guys anytime you'd like. Good deal. We'll definitely be reaching out again. Thanks a lot. Viva la Bitcoin. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Am I ready? Yeah. Are Are you? Are, did you say, "Am I ready?" <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. All right, here we go. <laughs> hey. Sorry. sorry. Hello. All right. All right. All right. Special thanks to uh, Mr. Brock Pierce for stopping by. Uh, it's not too late for me to star in a film with Sinbad, so I'm adding that to my bucket list. That was a pretty awesome interview. Um, so the Bit Panel is the biggest. Bitcoin meetup event in Silicon Valley. Um, you can catch our guest, Brock Pierce, for a BitPanel discussion on Bitcoin and venture capital. Uh, this event takes pl- place Uh-oh. Wednesday, uh, which is like 48 hours from now, at Hero City at Draper University, 55 East 3rd Avenue, San Mateo, California. And our friend Paul Pui from Episode 5 over at AirBits is the event sponsor. So it's all connected. So um, go check that out and tell people about us and, I don't know, make stickers on your own dime and give it to people <laughs> about us. That'd be cool. Yes. Yes. Uh, please do. So let's, let's, let's review the movie Dope as it comes out on home video last week. Um, me and Corey saw it. Dimitric saw bits. Uh, uh, bits uh-huh. of it. <laughs> I saw a little um, bits and pieces. Basically, the synopsis of the film is is uh, three three friends turn to a stoner, sell drugs. He has a big entrepreneurial idea about the black market reloaded. He helps the three guys, well, two guys, one girl, girl guy, get started on the Darknet website with Bitcoin. And then they learn that in order to remain anonymous, they must sell the Bitcoins on the black market for cash. In fact, the film's first sentences I just read money as we know it is dead and soon the world is going to sell and buy products using bitcoins and like i got excited at first because i'm like whoa i'm watching a real movie not a documentary and they're mentioning bitcoins but then i find out that they're using it to sell drugs and i'm like no not the right (laughs) message we're trying to send so that was like my initial reaction and i guess we'll kind of pick it apart from here so i'll let Corey kind of give his thoughts and then i'll kind of follow up with mine and then d you can interject okay Uh, it was it was you're right. The the overall portrayal of Bitcoin is a little to the negative side in terms of it's used for drugs. It's you know a, a criminal's source of money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
but it's at least an entrance into the mainstream media where that's not just a documentary. I mean, they don't, they may say these, you know, that that's what they use it for, but they don't say that's what Bitcoin is for. They just say it's the best way. Yeah, to I do don't, this. I don't want high so school kids to be not like, a lot oh, of, oh, this is how we can sell drugs. Yeah, that's true. But it's, it's definitely, they don't say enough about it to really let you get into what, what Bitcoin is. It's just a means to an end to get through the story. I really enjoyed the movie because nineties hip hop culture is the best. And, yeah. <laughs> and they mentioned Bitcoin and I think that's going to get that word out to a lot of people. And when they look it up, they're going to be like, oh, okay, that's not just for drugs. Because I mean, anybody watching that movie is knows how to use Google. And if they don't, I don't know why they're watching that movie. Uh, I mean, you could have went and saw the film using Bitcoin. Yeah, and I, I like the overall message of the film. You know, why they're trying to do things and how they go about doing it. And it's, you know, who that character is. Yeah. I, I, I think my, my biggest considerable praise goes to the lead actor. I think it was a breakout performance. I don't usually say that much. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, second praise, lots of nudity. Third praise. Um, I'll, I'll <laughs> like, dope doesn't focus on like an anti hero in a greedy neighborhood, much like the films of that era did. I just felt like it was a little cliche and I didn't know if the film was trying to be dramatic or funny, you know, like, like a drug pin would trust someone that he's never met and surprise, surprise, it's Malcolm's opportunity to screw the screwer. You know what I mean? Like that would never happen. And so you did ahead. mention nudity. You mentioned that. Diesel. What, yeah, uh, so Aesop Rocky's in the film, and his ex-girlfriend is model, don't know her name, but she's in there, and she's naked the whole film. Okay. But she also pukes on herself, and uh, it's it's kind of weird. All right, I'll pass. I'll pass, but you did pique my interest. Um, <laughs> did you just say nudity, or this is the best movie ever in a critically acclaimed voice? D will watch it. That is very true. That is very true. And I'm I'm not afraid to admit it, and I'm proud of that shit. That's why I've seen well, there is. Year. It's critically acclaimed nudity. Really? Not the film. The film is so, not critically acclaimed. The nudity is critically acclaimed. The nudity is critically acclaimed. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm so I, I really enjoyed the movie for what it was. And the fact that it had Bitcoin ever. in it made it that much better. I, I mean, I didn't love the film as much as Corey, only because like similar films like House Party or like Juice were just way better. You know what I mean? Those are yeah, but those um, are classics yeah. to the day. Yeah, but I mean, it was cool though. It was cool. It's cool okay. to get big, big QN. What the fuck? I do that like every episode. Like one <laughs> word just comes out. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's cool that Bitcoin is starting to get in the ether. You know what I mean? It's it's out there. It it may not be a big deal. People may be like, you know, whatever. Bitcoin, 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 whatever. But I think it'd be awesome if it got to the point where. You know, we were kind of a nuisance. You know, that person in the 60s that wanted to pay with a credit card or in the 70s, whenever credit cards were invented, and that you're that person, you go to we the store. We are those people. There's no yeah. doubt about it. We're, we're we already are ones. those people. And yeah. they're like, yeah. and then we're going to be able to say five, ten years down the road, you remember when I used to bother you about that and you got mad? Well, you know, stoosh in your face. It's real. Yeah. I love that, that I always think about that one commercial that, that used to come on a lot, like six to seven years ago. 
maybe not that long, maybe five years ago, five to six. And it was that commercial about the guy. He's talking to his friend about Twitter and his garage. Huh? I don't remember this. He's talking to his friend about Twitter in his garage, and he's trying to explain Twitter. He's like, oh, it's 140 characters, and that's the limit. You can only say 140. You can only, you have to say what you need to say in 140 characters, and you can hashtag, and then, you know, username start with at, and it's going to be so cool. Like, people are going to love it. I use it all the time. And his friend's like, man, whatever. That sounds stupid. Why would I only want to say things in 140 characters? That's dumb. And then, like, in the next scene of the commercial, the guy who was saying it was dumb is on the other guy's boat, and he's like, so, 140 characters, do you get it now? Well, you're on my boat. I hope you get it now. And so This is a commercial? I think you feel like you're making this up. No, this was a commercial. I'm not making this up. This wasn't a (laughs) dream that I had. Although my dreams are vivid, this was... A commercial, and I don't know what it's about. I want to say it was like a telecommunications commercial or something, but it was like, you know, what was you the never point? Knew. The commercial was like, you never know when the next <laughs> big thing's gonna come. No, what is the point you're trying to make? I lost it. The point that I'm trying to make is that we're gonna be, we're those people right now where we're like, oh, Bitcoin, it's crazy. Like, there's computers and they're securing transactions and it's digital money. And like, and like, everybody's like, that shit's stupid. Like, I could I just think he's just trying to create this world in his head where he somehow ends up with a boat. Yes, I am. I want a boat. <laughs> and I'm gonna play that T Pain Lonely Island song every day. It's gonna be great. As long as you're not wearing Crocs, we'll be okay. I will be wearing Crocs. I don't understand why you hate on Crocs. They're so comfortable. I almost feel like I lose credibility when I say I like Crocs, but they are comfortable. Yeah, and we're losing losing viewers. <laughs> I just want to say to everyone. When we, when, we, uh, when we reviewed that docu- documentary, I always want to say documentary. It was documentary. Mitra came up with our, our Bitcoin podcast rating system. So Corey, we have to we have to rate the movie Dope. I give it one small Facebook thumbs down. I forgot what our rating scale was. It's I think Facebook it, thumbs ups, man. Oh, I I hold I'm, I'm holding on to the Facebook thumbs up, and it's getting big and shaking around until I let go of it. It's gonna pop. Yep. <laughs> For Corey, it's Godfather Two, Citizen Kane, and Dope. <laughs> Eh, we right. got other ones. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see Dope. Um, I'll try and check it but out. But we recommend it. For the nudity. Yeah. And then I'll let you guys know what I think. Yeah. And um, My a good dreams. segue because the guy who narrates that film is Forrest Whitaker. And as we search for a suitable celebrity to endorse Bitcoin effectively, we bring you another exciting edition of oh Black Guy from our show impersonating Bitcoin. a black celebrity on a show endorsing Bitcoin. Dimitric, Forrest Whitaker, go. Forrest Whitaker? Yeah, you got to do Forrest Whitaker. That's hard to do. We should, we should probably really... let him know ahead of time what he's going to do. He can't just <laughs> bring a dude on real? him. Um, let me see. Forrest Whitaker. Um... I can't. I don't know if I. Can I don't do even it. know if you would do it right because I don't know what Forrest Whitaker sounds like. So, Forrest Whitaker has got Forrest he's Whitaker. Got really, sounds like he's out of breath. Yeah, he's like he's got a really voice like this, and he and he talks really fast sometimes. And he and so if he's I like Forrest aggressive Whitaker, but scared to make a point, and he's out of breath. 
but he's tight, right. but he's aggressive. All right, here he's we go. He's doing here. it, and you're ruining it. Yeah, man, you keep just shitting <laughs> on me here. I'm trying to do it. And it, all right, so all right, so this is a really cool thing. It's called Bitcoin. I found it. Uh, my friend introduced it to me. Um, it's, it's digital. It's, it's digital money. And it's funny. He told me he said it was geek money. He he, he said it was geek money, and I said, "What? What? What is geek money, man? What is geek? Money? What are you trying to say to me, man?" Okay. And he said, "Well, all right, all right. So you take you take your phone and you you download an app. You get and and you download the app, and then you get you can you can buy it, right? So you can you can buy Bitcoin. You exchange it. You exchange. It. It's just an exchange rate. It's just an exchange rate, just like francs, just like francs, and." When you exchange it, you can use the Bitcoin to buy things on the internet. It's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. I, like, I like that. Amazing. That was good. All right, was that a good Forrest Whitaker? Are you a buyer? I'm gonna have to go listen to Forrest Whitaker and make a decision. <laughs> but it definitely sounded a little bit like Jamie Foxx, but out of breath. That's the, what Forrest Whitaker sounds like. Let's go listen. Go watch Aaron, Species. Aaron doesn't know what we're talking about, but I said Forrest Whitaker and Jamie Foxx out of breath, and she is nodding her head at me in, a, in an emphatic yes. So go, so go watch Species. I think you might have nailed it. I think I nailed it. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, we have another one, D. Are you ready? Yes, yes. All right. Young Jeezy. Oh, okay. Let me see what I need to say. <laughs> yeah. I get the Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. Young Jeezy. Transaction confirmations. How many you need? Six. <laughs> Verifiable. Every 10 minutes, new Bitcoin. Yeah. Is that good? I think that was good. I think that's another successful black guy from our show impersonating a black celebrity on a show endorsing Bitcoin. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good. That's a good name for us. A title for this new Bitcoin yeah. <laughs> you got the years down. Yeah, we're gonna pretty, get pretty good. Yeah. We're gonna get good at that. Hey, I forgot to tell you guys about my dream, the the, the shopping dream, the Bitcoin future. All right, hit us with it. Do we okay. have time? Because you said you dream vividly, so now I'm yes, interested. Yes. Okay. So I had a very vivid daydream. And they usually come right after my second cup of coffee. All right, so I'm thinking, like, what can Bitcoin change the world? What's the world going to look like with digital currency? And why would it look this way? And then I was like, well, what the fuck? What if I was shopping and I never even needed to check out? What if the shopping carts had a little built-in scanner? They were hooked up to the Wi-Fi. Okay hooked up to the Wi-Fi, and then my phone could communicate with the shopping cart using NFC, near-field communication, and I could put my phone down on the shopping cart, maybe lock it in or something, or maybe not do that because I don't want it to get stolen, but my, my phone is communicating with the shopping cart, and I'm scanning things and putting them into the shopping cart, and then it goes into my phone, and it's just tallying up the bill, tallying up the bill maybe on like an AirBits kind of app, shout out Paul Pui. And I can see everything I'm buying. And then when I'm ready to buy it, boop, I just push the button and it buys everything. And then I'm good to go. I could just bag up my stuff and walk out. So to set the stage as I'm listening to this, I am looking longingly in the upper direction, caressing my beard. 
Uh, that is not in any way infeasible. That's yeah, perfectly, like perfectly legitimate options that will that could happen in the future. I see that as a very very cool thing. Like sometimes when I go to stores, I don't want to deal with the employees that work there. I just want to shop and get my things and, and leave. So like maybe even with a grocery store, you could just scan everything as it's going in the cart. It shouldn't be that much of a like engineering feat. You see it all on your phone. You say you want it. Hit confirm. Boom. Some side chain makes it an instantaneous transaction. Skadoosh. You don't have to sit there and wait 10 minutes for the confirmation. You can just walk out to your car, bag your groceries in your extra hipster canvas grocery bags, and then leave the cart in the parking lot and go. I feel like that's just an easier way to do the free shit line that Walmart has currently. The free shit line? <laughs> the the self-checkout line? Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the free shit line. Uh, but I also like that... Um, you earlier talked about how cool it is that Bitcoin makes you transact on a more individual person to person basis, yet your daydreams are about not talking to anyone when you use Bitcoin. Yes, it's very contradictory. I realize that now. <laughs> it's very contradictory. Sometimes you want to talk to people, sometimes you don't. True. You know, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Ha, 90s jingles. True. Cello? What do you think about my uh, dream, Cello? Would you shop like that? I would. I kind of feel like you should have said the whole dream in your macho man voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's You go to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> you pull out your smartphone and communicate with the shopping cart near fueled communication. Oh, yeah. yeah you got to get the neck board. veins in it. I'm on board with anything you say in Macho Man voice. <laughs> Let's bomb Syria. Oh, yeah. Is that a good one? I got, I think, I got too many invitations, actually. Yeah, now I'm never going to give you a heads D up. Is, now that we're doing this, D is just practicing. He's yeah. in front of the mirror when he comes home from work, giving trying things on students. What would be funny is if all my imitations are just iterations of Jamie Foxx. <laughs> I hope they are. <laughs> Jamie Foxx playing Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane, y'all. I think we're on to something. <laughs> <laughs> so a black guy imitating Jamie Foxx, imitating black actors, endorsing Bitcoin. One level like deeper. Uh, anyways, we, we are running, we're running out of time. We need to do our wrap up guys. Good show. Good informative show, everybody. Yes. Yes. Um, so at the BTC podcast is our Twitter, our Twitter showing up on Google hardcore. You type in Bitcoin podcast. We're there on the front motherfucking page right there. Okay. And just below that, you'll see the Bitcoin podcast.com. That is us. That is our URL. Okay. Um, what else? Oh, I, the quiz is done. I just need to stop being lazy. Get That's going to get there. implemented here pretty soon, but it is done. I think we said that last week that it was done, and we just didn't put it up. Well, this week, it's also done and not put up. Next week, <laughs> it will be put up. Go on, so. man. There's two people out there that really want this, and they're like, 
Come on, man. I can't wait to donate a dollar and win it right back. I'm sorry, not sorry. We have jobs. Yeah. <laughs> We're all full-time professionals. It's kind of hard to get things out. But we will get this quiz out, and it's going to be awesome. What about Patreon? Did we say yay or nay on that? Nay for not now. yet. Nay for now. Okay, so keep it. Keep the buzz in your ear about a Patreon. And we know they got hacked, but we're getting in after the hack. So hopefully they fix problems. It's like um, Firestone when they blew up. They're now probably like the safest tire around. So Patreon's probably good now. Yeah, very true. Um, Next week we got uh, Mad Bitcoins on the show. Mad and, uh, Bitcoins. Yes. Great interview. Yeah, he, tries Great interview. To cl- he tries to clown on my um, on my catchphrase, but it ain't happening. <laughs> I think you clowned on yourself, didn't you? you I did was a little being self-deprecating. modest. It's pretty awesome. Um, are there anything <laughs> else that we need to plug? Of course, the website, guys. We have the Q&A. I know, I, I think we got some feedback earlier on the show, how we were not very informative on the show, but we just like to have a good fucking time. We do this as a side gig, and we like to have a good time. But if you do have genuine questions about get, get coin, Bitcoin, that you, yeah, I know, right? Come on, Mouth. If you do have genuine questions about Bitcoin and you'd like to get to us with those questions, uh, Dr. Petty would love to answer them. Right, Corey? I would. I would. That's right. That's right. Are you trying to tell me to answer the question you asked me? No, I'm not. Oh, but okay. Please don't do. Don't ask him any questions about trees, though. Just stick the Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. I will not answer questions correctly. Do trees come from trees? seeds? Is this true? <laughs> I had no clue sunflowers came from sunflower seeds. It, it was, I was talking specifically to the species. <laughs> get out of here. Don't start. Don't start you get throwing out around. Of here. I'm pretending don't I don't know anything about trees. Throwing around scientific names now. If you plant six boy trees plant. around one girl tree, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a scientific fact. That is a fact. Can't argue with that. Well, is there anything else we need to plug, or should we go on ahead and 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 uh, wind this down? To Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Okay. Well, play the outro. Wow.